Good morning, Fellowship Church. I'm gonna take this crazy mask off. I might use it as a pocket square, I don't know, just kind of fold it, whatever. Is this, is this unbelievable or what? Thank you for your boldness. Thank you for being here. We're like one of the first churches in, and I love, I love the vision of fellowship, don't you? Because, because the word church is not just a noun, it's a verb. And we're being the church. So thank you for being here. Thank you, of course, for being online. We've had just an amazing response online. We had the biggest Easter Sunday in the history of Fellowship Church. So I'm thankful for online, but nothing beats the physicality of showing up to church. Isn't that true? Oh, yeah. Well, it's been weird. It's been, as people are saying, unprecedented. Have you heard that? That's one of the big terms, unprecedented. Another term, mitigate. I know you've heard that a lot. Flattening the curve. That's a, a phrase that we have heard a lot recently. Of course, quarantine, masks, gloves. My favorite, though, is the new normal. <laughs> I decided, wow, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a teaching series called The New Normal because everyone's talking about the new normal, the new normal, the new normal, the new normal. What is the new normal? The, the, the phrase is an oxymoron because new is new. I want a new car, a new computer, a new house. Maybe you're saying after quarantine, a new spouse, whatever. So new is new. Normal, though, can't be new. I mean, normal is normal. So new is not normal, nor is normal new. But somebody really smart put the two together and said, now we have a new normal. So in reality, we're not gonna go back to normal anymore. It's a new day. It's a new normal. When we had our first service of the brand new year of 2020, what if I'd have told you, hey, in several months, we're gonna have an eight-week vacation. You'll spend more quality time with your family and your spouse than ever before. You'll actually homeschool your kids. You'll simplify your life. There'll be no sports anymore or extracurricular activities. You would go, that sounds like nirvana. That's a zen-like existence. It's euphoric. But then what if I said, no, 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 wait, wait, before you react, a virus is going to strike. Lives will be lost. Our economy will, will tailspin. People will lose their jobs. You'll go absolutely stir crazy. <laughs> Are you sure you want to sign up for that? And most of us would say and would have said, no. No, that, that sounds abnormal, Ed. That sounds unusual. I, I want normal. How many times have I said that? How many times have you said it? I want to go back to normal. I want things to go back 
to normal. I want my family to go back to normal with kids actually leaving and going to school. I want to go back to normal at my job, back to normal on the soccer field, back to normal at Fellowship Church where I only attend once every six weeks. Back to normal. I want everything just to be normalized, routine, my, my regimen. I want to go back to normal. This, this desire is, is really throughout Scripture, this back to normal type situation. And maybe you're watching this online, you're like, man, I've said that already today. I want to go back to normal. We're in a quarantine right now. A quarantine. We're, we're isolated and insulated. We're just starting to step out of the quarantine, but we're in quarantine. And I began to think about the whole phraseology and the whole meaning of quarantine, and I thought, you know, God is not anti-quarantine. Did you hear that? God has used, doesn't cause them always, but God has used quarantine throughout the history of time. Adam and Eve, for example, were quarantined out of the garden. Noah was quarantined in the ark. Paul and Silas were quarantined in prison. Joseph was quarantined in Potiphar's house. Daniel was quarantined in the lion's den. Samson was quarantined in a Philistine silo. And ultimately, get ready to clap, okay? Have your hands like this, even if you're watching uh, 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 online. Even, even if you're chatting back and forth, get ready to like say amen and, and do the clap emoji. They thought, in fact, the devil thought Jesus, keep your hands like this, was quarantined to the tomb forever, but he burst forth with resurrection power and conquered the quarantine. We go through phases as we reach a new normal. We're like, well, that's gonna be a new normal. What is a new normal? Because we all like normal. The first phase is the normal phase. Normal. You turn to your neighbor and say, you're normal. I know I'm normal. The second phase is the phase of abnormality. Let's call it the abnormal phase. Say abnormal. You can look at your neighbor and say, you're abnormal. I'm abnormal. The third phase is the new normal. Now turn to your neighbor and say, we're going to a new normal. And just say, God's taking us there. Now he's taking us there individually and collectively. I'm talking about a new normal. Yet normal though, think about normal. Normal is nice. Normal is benign. Normal is like a land where we can chill and just do what we do. We sort of put it on autopilot. Do, do you remember God's people? If you're a Bible student, you do. If you're brand new to fellowship, you might not have heard about the history of these people very much. The children of Israel, God's chosen people, the Israelites. They went through these stages. And as I was praying and studying about what to talk about during this, this critical time in our culture, that whole story just kind of leaped off the pages of Scripture, and I thought, 
Wow, God used a quarantine years ago and his people gleaned a lot from the quarantine and we can glean a lot from the quarantine as well and some of the same things that they went through were some of the same things that we're going through. So I thought we would sort of, in just the last few moments that remain, parallel God's people back in the day to God's people today. Well, let's talk about normal. I'm going back in the Old Testament, normal. They spent, I'm talking about several million of them, 430 years in Egyptian slavery. Slavery, now just think about that. The whip, the chain, making bricks out of straw under the domination and humiliation of the Egyptians. That was, that was the norm. You remember way, way back, Joseph kind of moved down there and he was the one that planted the seed for Israel being a part of Egypt. And, and then they, they became enslaved because the leaders forgot about Joseph and, and, and they were pretty much most of the gross national product of Egypt, their work. So, so it was just normal to be a slave. They were just living in a land of normal. Well, well, God tapped a guy on the shoulder named Moses and Moses was, was a man that we're gonna study more and more about who led them out of normal. It always takes something or someone to lead us out of normal, out of the routine. He led them out of Egypt into the wilderness. That's the stage of the abnormal. You might be going, well, Ed, I'm in a wilderness right now. This, 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 this quarantine is a wilderness. Oh yeah, yeah, it is, it is, it is. God's people began to just wander in the wilderness. Moses was a leader. He was leading two million of these people from normal Egypt through, through the abnormal to the new normal. God did all of this supernatural stuff. Sent 10 plagues so Pharaoh, the leader of Egypt, would relinquish control. Had this GPS system in the sky to lead them. Fed them protein. Quail just dropped out of the sky. For those who like carbs, gave them some carbs, manna. God was doing all of these things. He was showing them how to live, how to worship, how to obey. He was preparing them in the quarantine, in the abnormal for the new normal. So what can we glean from the quarantine? We go back and think about God's people. What were they going through? I mean, what did they learn? What can you learn? What can I learn? And here's some learnings that that, that God has taught me during this time. And they're, they're from scripture and I believe that God is teaching you or wants to teach you the same. Number one, God is the source of everything. God is God. He's the source. He's the source of life. We have like a Kleenex type veil separating this life from the next. One of the things I think that messes us up about COVID-19 is the fact that that People die. We're like, ah, people die? Yes, people die. Right before I go out, I always think, 
before I go out on stage. Well, let me check the death stats once again, and they're still hovering around 100%. We all have an appointment with death. Now, you're not ready to live until you're ready to die. And for too many people, they, they die at 27, but they're buried at maybe 91. Are you feeling me? God wants us to live. Obviously, we're going to live forever in one of two places. We die, though. I just led in a funeral yesterday, less than 24 hours ago. I looked inside a casket and saw someone that I've known for decades. This person died. He died. People are dying all around the globe because of this virus. People are dying because of heart failure. People are dying because of alcoholism. People are dying because of violence. People just die. We were shocked when Kobe died. Kobe, he's not supposed to die. He's worth a squillion dollars and he's this superstar athlete, this handsome guy having a beautiful family. Kobe's not supposed to die. Well, back in the day in our culture, we grew up more around death. We grew up with our extended families around. We watched them pass away. A lot of us had livestock and stuff and we watched them die. And now, because we move so much and because we pretty much just use our thumbs to communicate, it's like we're shocked, we're freaked out, we're fearful, oh my gosh, when people die. Now, we don't like death. We have a desire to live, I understand that. We have to understand though, and this quarantine has shown us like that. Life as we know it changed. Like that, the biggest economy ever, done. Like that, so many people sick, so many people dying. Like that, jobs are lost. Like that, fear faces us like maybe never before. Like that, the most, uncertain, the most certain thing in the world is uncertainty. So I've discovered that God is the source of everything and he's shown us this. He's shown me this once again through this quarantine. Another thing he's shown me, and, and he, I, th I think obviously I got this from the, the story of God's people, is the sinister seduction of idolatry. When we go through quarantine, it's like, man, we are into idolatry. A lot of people don't use the term idolatry anymore. Idolatry, what does that mean? Well, the word idol is in it. Idolatry is running after anything else other than God that we think will give us satisfaction. Yet once we get that, it's like, man, it's empty. And the ironic thing is, when we run away from God, we end up running right into God. We, we are an adulterous people. I think about God's people, they, they struggle with idolatry. We can make sports an idol, and I would argue for many here, you don't call it an idol, but it's your idol. We can make pleasure our idol. We can make money our idol. Popularity our idol. Your looks, my looks, an idol. So many things, so many areas where we struggle with 
idolatry. And as you read the history of God's people as they moved from normal to abnormal, God told them time and time again, watch out for idolatry. That's why God said, I'm a jealous God. Why did God say that? He said that because he knew if we followed anything else other than him, we would be gravely disappointed. Idolatry. Something else would be a deeper connectedness. I think God's people learned that, and I'm learning that. A deeper connectedness with God and with others. This quarantine has forced that. A deeper connectedness. I've talked to so many people who have texted me. So many people I've talked to. Man, I feel, I feel a, a, a rich connectivity with my family. We've had conversations like we've never had before in our lives. And as you see the pilgrimage of God's people, you see them molding and getting together. Also, too, I think we see the centrality of worship. The centrality of worship, that's something else. Worship is important. And it's, and it's amazing to worship online. It's amazing to have all that. There's nothing, though, that beats showing up together as the body of Christ, worshiping and giving God glory. And during the quarantine in the Old Testament, God taught them about worship, 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 worship. God taught them that everything is about worship. And I'm reminded once again through this quarantine of the same thing. So stage one is the normal stage. And stage two is the abnormal. Yet God is always pushing us to the new normal. And here is where it really gets funky. I want to read a section of scripture to you out of the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 13, and then I'll go to Numbers chapter 14. I'm just gonna highlight a couple of things because they're so, so relevant and real to our lives. The children of Israel had marched through normal to abnormal. Now they were standing at the precipice of the new normal, of the promised land. It was decision time. We are in the process, you individually and as a family, we as a church are in the throes of a major decision. How will we engage this choice, this decision. Will we go, all right, I'm jumping into the new normal, God, by your mercy, or, well, I just want to go back to normal. I just, I just want to go back to comfort. That's the issue. And that was the same issue in Numbers chapter 13. So God's people had checked out this new land that God had for them. It looked awesome, but they were going to have to fight to take it. The people came back, and here's what they said to their leaders. Numbers chapter 13, verses 30 through 31. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. Caleb was like, God has told us we're going to do it. God wants us to move into the new normal. Let's do it. Let's step out in boldness. Let's step out in faith. 
Let's believe God. I know it's kind of uncertain, but we're gonna do it. But the people who've gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. We can't go to the new normal. They're stronger than we are. The people who hang out in the new normal, I mean, I mean, they're, they're, like, they're like tough. And then that evening, you, you, you skip over to Numbers chapter 14, verses one through four. That night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. And then all the Israelites, verse two, grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole community, whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt or in the wilderness. Somebody slapped somebody appropriately. You're going like, what are you guys smoking? What are you thinking? Have you gone straight jacket cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs crazy? You've seen all of these miracles, how God has moved you from the land of normal to the land of abnormal. All these act of God things and God speaking and moving and grooving. And now he's promised you the best real estate deal in the history of the world. And you're like, I wanna go back to Egypt. Check out this whining, verse three, why? Usually when you say why, you're beginning to whine. Not always. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Wouldn't it have been better, the last part of verse three, let me read it again, for us to go back to Egypt, back to dysfunction, back to normal. When I'm fearful, oh my goodness gracious alive, I'm uncertain. The only thing that's certain in my life is uncertainty. When I have that, my knee-jerk reaction is not to move into the new normal. I'm just talking about me. My reaction is to go back to the familiar, to walk back through the abnormal, <laughs> to the normal, back to my dysfunction, back to my sin, back to my chicanery. A physician in our church was telling some of our leaders that drug and alcohol abuse in the Dallas-Fort Worth area has increased over 700% during this quarantine. Why? I'll tell you why. We're facing the new normal. We're fearful. We're scared. So we go back to the familiar back to the normal, we numb ourselves, we mask ourselves, pun intended, and we just say, you know, I like normal. I like familiar. And these cats were saying, Moses, we'd rather die in abnormality or go back to the whip and chain of Egypt. Slavery then face the new normal. So, when they were in the land of normal, watch this now, they were praying for God to miraculously release them to go through the land of abnormal to the land of the new normal. And now, they're on the edge of the new normal 
crying to God to take them back to the area they were praying against. Does that make sense? So sometimes I'm praying to be delivered about a certain thing and God delivers me, yet when I face fear, I want to go back to the familiarity of that sin and that dysfunction. It's crazy. Normal is gone. Normal is in the past. Normal is done. God wants to push you and me into the new normal. That's the beautiful thing about this. Now obviously, when you think about faith, there's a past aspect of faith, yet most of faith is moving forward. Read the Hall of Faith in the book of Hebrews. Start reading about Hebrews chapter 11, go to chapter 12. Pretty much every one of those men and women, forward, 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 forward. So God, during this time, during this pilgrimage from normal to abnormal, from abnormal to the new normal, God edits us. He edits us. Say edit with me. Edit. Oh, wow. A month ago, I was outside, and I normally don't answer my phone a lot. I, I keep it on silent, but I look, and a lady who helps me with my books was calling. So, hey, how are you doing, Esther? She said, hey, I want you to do a book. Can you crank a book out in three weeks? I go, well, um, I'm game. What, what do you have in mind? She goes, I know you've written and talked about fear before. I want you to do a book on fear. Do you have a title for me? She's like super aggressive. I go, oh yeah, I got one. How about this, the fear virus? I love it, I love it. I love it. I'm gonna talk to publishers, let's do it. I said, but Esther, you know what? Um, if I do the book, I don't want it to be a moneymaker for me. I just want to, to give it to Fellowship Church and to the churches that we help. She goes, I don't care, just do it, let's just do it. So I began to write this book on fear called The Fear Virus. I, I've been doing that along with doing some watercolor and some other hobbies <laughs> during the quarantine. And, and over the last couple of weeks, I've been editing the book. And it's gonna come out, oh, not this week, probably next week. In, in, in hard copy, is that unbelievable? And you be praying for me, I gotta put it in audio, and, and that'll take about five or six hours of reading. I'm ADD, and after about five minutes, I'm bored, so I'll be praying <laughs> for strong coffee and concentration. Anyway, editing is, is a trip, because you're simply taking stuff and just throwing it out. No, that doesn't really make sense. Uh, that's too wordy. Uh. Or, oh yeah, I like that. And let me, let me kind of get into that more and more and more. So I did it. Lisa is great at it. And then after we finished editing the book, we sent it to the publisher and the publisher prints the book. God is the editor. He's using this time. Don't waste a crisis. Because if you waste a crisis, a crisis will waste you. God's using this pandemic to pound many of us down on one knee. We've got to put the other knee down. And we've got to say, God, teach me, edit me, change this, tweak that, cross out that. God's doing that. And we're simply the publishers. We have an opportunity to publish 
to live out, oh, I'd clap right there if I was you, to live out, I wanna clap, the words of trust and obedience because over and over, God told his people, live and walk and obey my words. God is the author, right? We are the publisher. It's my book. It's gonna be by Ed Young, The Fear Virus. Something else. This might be the last thing because we're running out of time. Embrace the present. So allow God to edit your life, looking back, but, but now we have to embrace the present. What's God doing right now? Why are you trying to, and I talk to myself too, Ed, why are you thinking about going back to normal, back, 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 as opposed to, all right, I want to embrace this time, no matter how crazy, no matter how insane, no matter how uncertain, no matter how much doubt I have. God, I embrace this time of uncertainty, economically, occupationally, medically, psychologically. So allow God to edit your life. God's the author, you're the publisher. Embrace the present. Well, I have to do one more, okay? Engage the future. What does God have for you around the corner? Faith always moves us forward. Because the majority of God's people wanted to go back to the land of normal and abnormal, they ended up dying in the desert. Years later, God brought forth a new generation who understood that faith was futuristic and they were able to step into the land of milk and honey. They went from quarantine to Canaan. They absorbed a new normal. In Philippians 3.13, the Apostle Paul said, this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, pressing forward to the goal that the Lord has in store for me. Well, this only becomes possible. Let me, let me, let me just talk to you and just, just, just chat us up online. And let me talk to all of you who are here. This is only possible because of the gospel of Jesus. And what's the gospel about? Normal, abnormal, and new normal. What's normal for you and me? We're sinners. I'm a, I'm a natural born sinner, so are you. I'm a criminal. Yeah, that's right, I'm, I'm a criminal. I've committed cosmic treason before God. There are no degrees to sin. There are consequences, but there's no degrees. Sin is sin. So in my normalcy, I'm separated from God. Yet God did something abnormal. He sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins and rise again. And then God offers us eternal life. He offers us a new heart, a new mind. He offers us cleansing. If we receive Jesus Christ, we move from abnormal 
to the new normal. It all rests on the gospel. Isn't it time that we embraced a new normal? Let's pray together. Father, I'm gonna pray right now for people that need to, to receive you into their lives. You can do this by simply saying, God, I admit to you that my normal behavior is that of sin. And my sins have sequestered me from you. God, though you did something abnormal, you sent Jesus to die on the cross for all of my iniquities, for all of my shortcomings, for all of my sins. And you arranged those sins, my sins, to be placed on his shoulders. The grave couldn't hold him down. Everyone thought he'd been quarantined there, but no, Jesus burst forth with resurrection power. And now he offers you eternal life. So just say, Jesus, I admit to you that I'm a sinner. I believe you're my savior. And I ask you to infiltrate my life. I ask you to come into my life. I want to step into this new normal. That's the step it takes from abnormal to new normal. Jesus, come into my life. If you said that prayer or prayed that prayer with me, that's the best thing that you'll ever do. And if you look at me, if everyone would look at me right now here and online, if you made that decision, just simply text CONNECT to 32898. Connect to 32898. Our online audience, click, I commit my life to Jesus. You'll see it on the, on the screen. You know, there's another block of us. We've taken that step. We've admitted the normal. We have understood the abnormality of the gospel. We've taken that step to move into the new normal, but due to, to life, We've, we've, we've sort of turned and we're looking back at the wilderness. We're, we're looking back to Egypt. I understand that we need to assess our lives and, 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 and do that, but it's time that we look forward to embracing what's next. These things that God has shown us during this time, we must build on those as we take this turf for the Lord Jesus Christ.